You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, the number one source for hunting and fishing information, strategy and tactics, as well as conversations surrounding conservation efforts and other outdoor activities in the great state of Iowa. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast starts right now. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. Uh, My name is Dan Johnson. I'm the host, like the intro said. And today, we have a very interesting first podcast. This is the inaugural podcast of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. And today... We're going to be talking about waterfowl hunting, specifically a brand new season that has recently been introduced. They did a three or four year experiment on this uh, on this season to see if it would be worth introducing it to the state of Iowa. And today's guest, Steve Wiseman of Spirit Lake, Northwestern Iowa, stops by and talks to us about this teal season. That runs from September 1st to the 16th, and it's earlier than most uh, than most waterfowl seasons. And it's just another great opportunity for waterfowl hunters to enjoy a little bit earlier of a season. And uh, our guest today, Steve Wiseman, wrote an article for the Iowa Sportsman Magazine. So I figured I'd get him on, ask him some more questions, run through this uh this new season with him and pick his brain about the ins and outs, whether there should be some different strategy for an early season hunt like this decoy setups, um, what to look for about where these teal are migrating through where they like to stop, where they like to eat all that stuff. Uh, so we're going to cover all that stuff on, uh, on today's podcast. So without further ado, let's get into this teal hunting podcast with Steve Wiseman. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on today's podcast, I am joined by Steve Wiseman of Spirit Lake. How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Good, good, good. Now, this podcast is launching on September 6th, and we are already into the season of what we're going to be discussing on today's podcast. So if you're a waterfowl hunter, you are in luck because we have some, uh, we have some roughly, and it's kind of new information for you pertaining to early season, uh, early season duck hunting. So this is in regards to teal season. Um, so, and I myself am not very knowledgeable about waterfowl. You know, I, I typically am that turkey hunter. I'm a fisherman. I'm a whitetail hunter. Uh, and just because of time constraints, duck hunting and goose hunting and all that waterfowl hunting kind of takes a back seat. So what I want to talk to you today about, Steve, is um, this teal season that is uh, being introduced into Iowa. So basically, my first question to you is, how did this this teal season come into existence? Well, it really came about uh, with uh, the biologists trying to give Iowa's waterfowl hunters as much opportunity to waterfowl hunt as possible. We get a 60-day normal season, but by doing this 
16-day, starting September 1st and going through September 16th, the 16-day opportunity, blue-winged teal migrate very early. Lots of times they have migrated, for the most part, through the state of Iowa by mid-September. And before we had a, a, a week season that happened about the 20th of September or so for five days, well, that just missed that. So most of the blue-winged teal were not getting a, a chance to get a chance to hunt. So this gave hunters the chance to do that. Now, it was experimental 2014, 15, 16, and 17. And during that time, the biologists watched everything. They interviewed hunters. They did surveys from hunters. They had the conservation officers out, DNR folks out, watching what happened. Because some of the things you worry about, Dan, are, will we shoot other birds? You know, will mallards be shot? Will uh, gadwalls be shot? How about wood ducks? And so they changed the season a little bit. Normally, you start hunting a half hour before sunrise. And that's a great time to hunt waterfowl. But your identification takes a real nosedive because it's dark and you're shooting at shadows. You're shooting at flocks coming in or whatever. But they changed it to sunrise. Sunrise, you can tell what the birds are. But still, as we started this experimental season, there were concerns by hunters and waterfowl biologists, what's going to happen? Are we going to shoot immature mallards? Are we going to shoot gadwall? Are we going to end up shooting um, wood ducks? And will it cause a problem with those species? And they found that, that there was some in- incidental, but not very much. And so they felt that that worked out pretty well. So this now becomes the fifth year, and it's not experimental now. It's something that they're going to do. As I said earlier, it gives us 16 days that we never would have had. Okay. So before this this uh, experimental season, right, the, the first through the 16th of September, were, were Iowa waterfowl hunters even allowed to shoot teal, or was the season just later in the month? It, it was just later. Um, but w- uh, traditionally, what happened, you had a five-day season about the 20th of September or so, or the weekend that that fell upon, and you had five days, and you could shoot any species. Okay. And uh, then you had a week or 10 days off, and then you came back with the start of the regular season. Um, so, so now what they, they do, they have this, this capitalizes on blue wing teal, that's all, and green wing teal, but teal, that's all that you can shoot gotcha. and all you can hunt. So does that, uh, is this replacing the, the five day season later in the month then? They're actually going to have a seven day season that's staggered and we have zones in Iowa. We have yep. a North zone. We have a South Zone, and we have the Missouri River Zone. And uh, there will be a seven-day season that will begin later, um, towards the end of September, 1st of October. The The hope is that uh, we'll get to shoot the teal. And one of the concerns, too, by hunters was, is this going to drive our local ducks away? Uh, you know, we raise a lot of wood ducks. Will they be 
Will there be so much shooting going on in the marshes and stuff like that that they'll exit? And then we have our season start, and there's nothing. But what what they're doing is try to correspond it so that it gives a break and allows some early migrants to come so that when that little seven-day season comes, then they'll be able to um, uh, capitalize on those early migrating regular birds and uh, uh, ducks that have come out of Minnesota and, and stuff like that. Gotcha. So it's giving uh, it's giving Iowa, Iowa waterfowl hunters an awesome opportunity to target specific teal, specifically teal. Right. Okay. Right. So for those guys who have maybe not taken advantage of teal hunting in the past, I think one thing that's important to discuss is how to identify a legal bird. Is it all teal, uh, male and female, just males? Yes. Okay, so walk us through that. It's both sexes. Okay, it's both sexes. It's it's blue-winged teal, it's green-winged teal, um, and you can can tell them um, by their flight pattern. They're very fast birds. Um, they aren't like mallards where lots of times they'll circle and they'll drop down out of the sky into the decoys. They come in kind of like little jets and, uh, they might come behind you. They might come from the side. Um, but, but they don't usually do that. Come down from on high and come in like, like a mallard or a gather wall or, or that type of thing. So they're zinging, they're coming through fast. Um, and, People will use decoys. Um, you do have what's called uh, robo ducks. I don't know if you've ever seen those, Dan, but they're spinners. Yep, they, I've seen they them. Are, okay, they're mo- motorized, and they have different species of those uh, motorized uh, decoys, and, and they have teal uh, decoys. The, the beat is different than it is for a mallard, let's say. So people, hunters will use them. Uh, they will use decoys. Some some guys will bring out uh, actual teal decoys. A lot of people will just use hand mallard decoys or faded drake mallard decoys because um, you're not going to have a lot of um, uh, plumage, bright plumage at that at that time. Gotcha. Um, and as far as hunting, where to hunt? The biologists and, and hunters went round and round about this, um, that were, were we going to be blasting off the other ducks off the main sloops? Teal normally like uh, sheet water. They like shallow marshes that have grass and seeds. They like mud flats, um, things like that, and... So we've had a lot of rain down in Iowa, different spots, some some flooding this year. Matter of fact, we're, we're talking right now, and I've got a thunderstorm going on outside. And so there's been flooding of fields and uh, grassy areas and stuff like that. Teal will really like that type of stuff. They don't like the necessarily deeper marshes. Uh, so, so they're going to be looking at, uh, like I say, the sheet water, they're going to be looking at little flooded areas. They're going to be looking at areas where you might actually be able to then hunt teal and doves at the same time, because oh. doves love those seedy areas. They love, uh, bare ground. They love mud flats. 
And so there is a chance you might be able to pass you some doves coming through at the, at the same time, which is kind of a, a bonus, I guess you would say. All right. So you mentioned something about their mic, their migration, uh, and that this season they moved it up to try to catch more of that, mig- that migration coming through Iowa. When does the teal migration south start and when is it typically wrapped up by? Okay, it's wrapped up here. It, it, normally, you're going to see the end of the uh, blue-wing teal by the third or fourth week in, uh, in uh, September for sure. Um, but the, the high point should be probably mid-September and then going off. Um, they, they couldn't start the season any sooner. You're going to have migrant uh, teal uh, coming through in August. Okay. Um it, they're almost like a little hummingbird in a way. I mean, they move early. Uh, any little dip, like I said, in the temperature, any little dip is going to cause them uh, to take flight and move. Gotcha. So it helps if a cold front's coming through. Yes, yes. Perfect. Yep. And it doesn't have to be a huge cold front. It can just be five or six degrees. Or if it hits below 40, you're definitely going to have movement. Gotcha. So let's talk a little bit about... Um, what, what's the bag limit? Is there any specific addition, like additional, uh, duck stamp or license or fee that you have to pay in order to hunt these things? Uh, no, you, you use what, what you would for your waterfowl. You need to get your state waterfowl, uh, habitat. You need to get your, your federal, uh, waterfowl, uh, stamp. Uh, you need to have all of that stuff. You have to use steel shot, uh, which we always have talked about, uh, you can have um, uh, six uh, teal. There's a total of six per day, and you can have six teal. Okay. So six a day and six in your freezer? Yes. Okay. All right. And um, so other than that, you know, there's no additional regulations, uh, like uh, no additional stamp. So uh, basically, you just when you go to, to the store to buy your, your waterfowl license and fees, that this new season falls right in with that. It, it does. Yes, it does. Okay, cool. Yep. So, and you just need to make sure you use the steel shot, you know, and, and this early bird like this, um, I think course i'm i'm not the greatest shot in the world i like an improved cylinder an improved choke <laughs> gives me a more of a pattern and uh i'll use maybe a, a six shot uh a three inch six or something like that steel shot that's going to give me as many pellets as i can to knock them down right they do knock down much easier i feel than um say a mallard uh or a bigger duck like that Right. But this is a smaller and faster duck, correct? Right. 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 Okay. Right. They, they, they zig when, when you think they're going to zag. <laughs> Man, that's like almost every animal I've hunted. Right when you think they're going to do one <laughs> thing, they do something different. Yeah. Now, I want to talk a little bit about strategy a second because you've mentioned some of the places that these uh, teal like to hang out already. But is this a, a duck that is just like all waterfowl is coming off food to a, a marsh uh, in the mornings? 
walk us through, you know, I know they're migrating through, but talk to us about their daily pattern throughout this migration. Well, you know, the daily pattern, again, early in the day is going to be best. Um, they're going to be doing their feeding early in the morning. You're not going to see them, obviously, in fields because nothing's been harvested. So what they're going to be eating will be the seeds and the plankton and things like that. Are They're on the surface of these small water bodies, these small uh, shallow, shallow marshes. And that, that's the crazy thing, Dan, that, that I think I should mention again, is if you happen to, on September 3rd, get a three or four inch rain, you might have new hunting areas right there. Yeah. Simply because of the flooding. And it may, that flooding water may only last three or four days. But if that happens to hit the time that a little cold front is coming through and the northwest wind, then you're going to have some teal hit the area. And that's why scouting is so important. And the trouble is, so many guys are working throughout the week. I mean, it's tough uh, to to try to hit a morning. If you can spot them the night before uh, and the weather holds, they're going to be there the next morning because there's nothing to push them away, nothing to frighten them or anything like that. Okay. So you mentioned earlier, you know, Iowa has those three zones, the Missouri, the North, and the South. Now, if I was going to take a trip and, and you know, improve my odds by going to a certain part of the state to capitalize on this new season, what part of the state is going to hold the, the best teal hunting? Well, I think the North zone, I think probably one of the best, and Orrin Jones is uh, the – waterfowl specialist over in the Clear Lake area and that area, Clear Lake, Mason City, in that area, they do really, really well there. Uh, in Northwest Iowa here, Spirit Lake, um, Dickinson County, Clay County, uh, Emmett County, there are a lot of natural little uh, shallow sloughs to hunt. And I think those are probably the best would be the best area to look for, for teal coming through. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, the North central part of the state around, you know, the Mason city, uh, and then kind of West of that. But, you know, I live in the Southeast side of the state and where would I go? I mean, what am I, if I'm looking at a map, what would I look for as far as indicators of where I could run into some of these teal coming south out of Minnesota? Well, I, I think, again, you're, you're going to look at your, your waterfowl uh, production areas. You're going to look at your state ground. Um, and, again, I'm not a, a southeast Iowa hunter, Dan, so I can't speak specifically to areas. I can speak northwest, north central, that type of thing. Again, I'm thinking areas where there has been some flooding and maybe there's a cornfield that has flooded and has since gone down and there's still some sheet water in there, um, that there will be teal there. Okay. Um, I, you know, but uh, impoundments, big impoundments, things like that, I highly doubt that. Um, you know, and, and like I say, I don't know the southeast or the southern area as, as well as I do up here. Gotcha. So it sounds to me like these birds 
like a little bit more enclosed, smaller bodies of water as opposed to the big, the big lakes? Right. Okay. Yes. All right. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Um, what about small rivers and creeks? Um, you know, and drainage ditches, things like that. Um, I think there is a chance of of that. Um, again, it's going to take scouting. Right. And a lot of those will either come um, maybe a kayak or uh, uh, as more jump shooting. Right. Um, but I think on, on those smaller creeks and and you're going to find more wood ducks, I think, than you will teal, um, because the teal just like that flat. They like that the the mud flat. They like the seeds and stuff of the grasses and stuff like that. So I, I think those are the areas that you're really going to want to uh, point towards. Gotcha. Okay. So then, uh, you know, we've we've talked about decoys a little bit. Do they make? Uh, teal calls and do teal calls work um actually a, a, a teal call uh you're looking more at just a, a mallard type call okay because they do the same same quack type thing i'm not going to do it on the on the podcast <laughs> probably wouldn't sound too good <laughs> um but but they'll respond to that and they'll respond to movement again uh waterfowl uh all respond to movement gotcha. and that's why the, the rotor duck works. Uh, you know, that's why, uh, and they have decoys. Of course we have decoys. Now, if you have no, no wind, there, there are decoys that are better operated to move and, and they flutter and they flip their wings in the water, you know, moves and stuff like that. So a lot of things that we done, I don't know if it attracts more hunters or if it attracts more ducks. <laughs> so, so from a calling strategy standpoint, I mean, it's just do exactly what you do if you were, if you were hunting mallards. Yeah. And you're always better to call less okay. than more. Gotcha. Um, I've heard, I've heard some, some terrible calling over the years and it just makes you wonder have they ever taped themselves <laughs> and actually and this is a serious question dan uh this is a little side note but years ago four of us hunted uh a lot of mallards and we actually the four of us sat down with a tape recorder and we did the highball we did the comeback call we did the cluck we did the feeding chatter did all of that, and then we evaluated each other on how it really did sound. And then we tried all four of us calling at once, like there was a frenzy of of ducks coming, and we made sure we never called at the same time. So if I started, my friend wouldn't start until I was partway through, and so then the second caller would call. Um, but, But it's unbelievable what you hear out in the marsh that you should never hear out in the marsh. Right. And, and it's just people don't listen to to what they're doing. They just think I get a call and I just can blow and go quack, 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 and that's going to be it. No, no. Um, that, that's And sometimes even the best callers just shut up yeah. because there are days they don't want any call. Yeah. They, they just see, see, and sometimes – if they have seen enough of these rover ducks and stuff, 
we'll shut that off and that'll make a difference. Okay. The bottom line, I think, is location, location, location. Right. So put in your scouting and hit, look for them. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. And then hitting the weather right. You've right. got to, and not just the weather, say, like here in Spirit Lake or in Mason City. What is it 100 miles north of here? That's the real key. Right. So they because, might be riding that through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if the temperature drops here, but it doesn't drop 100 uh, miles north of here, we'll lose the teal and none will show up. Okay. So you got to think what's north of you. And with our phones and our, our weather channels that we can work with now, we can tell immediately uh, what's happening 50 miles away. I mean, that's just simple. You can get it by the hour, exactly what's going on. So I think people have to think about that, too. Don't think about just our area where we're going to be hunting, but think about what's going to make them migrate north to us. Right. So if, if the temperature drops north, and it drops here too, they might just buzz right on through. But if it hits 39 degrees up there and it's 64 here, oh, it's time to sit back and relax, and, and then you're going to have the birds. Right. Okay. So for maybe a guy who only partakes in the, the standard waterfowl season, you know, later on in the year, why should they – by, you know, why should they start a little earlier and take advantage of this teal season? Because waterfowl, if it's in your blood, it's in your blood. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just is. <laughs> but there, there, there's, there's two other reasons. One, I love to eat teal. Okay. They are so good. Um, and it's, it's so tender. And I'm telling you, and, and my son makes fun of me. And my grandson, because I keep the legs and I, I breast out, I take all the breasts and I take the legs because the legs cause a flavor when we cook them that is different than you, if you just cook the breast. It's like eating a steak or it's like eating ribs. Those, those bone-in ribs are there for a reason because they give flavor. Gotcha. So do those little peel legs and they're so tender, they're so good. Oh my God. So that, that, that's a reason I just love it. And I hope to have that happen so that I can be watching a Hawkeye football game and I can be, <laughs> or, or the Vikings on Sunday and I can be having my first duck, uh, dinner. But the second thing is it's great for the dog. If you've got a dog, uh, nothing beats getting a dog out in the slough. Now it's going to be warmer these first days, but there's water, so that's good. But if the water is, is not the best water, take water with you for the dog. Take water for yourself and stay hydrated. Because sometimes getting into these places and walking around in the muck and the, and all that kind of stuff, that can take a, a little wear and tear on you too. So it's good for both the dog and the, the, the partner to have water. Right. Um, but it's a great, a great chance for them to mark to, to be remembered that they sit until it's time for the, for, to, to blow the whistle or to say fetch or whatever. So it's a great, it's preseason in the NFL in duck hunting is what it is. Okay. 
Awesome. So it's an opportunity for everybody to knock the rust off the joints. Exactly. And it's great for youngsters. Yeah. I mean, what, what youngster is going to love, except for maybe my son. At three years old, I had him out, and we were hunting big water, and it, it, it was sleeting, and he was getting sleet in his face. And we came home, and, and he described to his mom, oh, mom, you should have, oh, that, that sleet was hitting us <laughs> in the face. And she said, well, why didn't you come home? Oh, no, no, the ducks are fine. We couldn't. You know, well, <laughs> that, that, that's a little unusual. But for youngsters, to be able to go out there when it's 50 degrees right, and it's pleasant, yep. that's, that's, point. that's how you get hooked. That's how you get hooked. I like food a lot, so I want to take a back a backward step here and talk about, you know, you mentioned keeping the legs and, and that teal is so delicious. Um, do they taste different? Then let's say a standard mallard, because what I've heard in the past is you have to do some additional prep work for the average duck, um, because, you know, obviously they, they live in mud and they, and what they eat that do you have to do that same kind of prep work for, uh, a mat or, uh, for a teal? No, I, and, and you know, I don't do additional prep work for, for mallards, for wood ducks, for gadwalls, any of the puddlers. I don't Now when you get into divers, now they'll they'll eat the snails and and crustaceans and stuff like that, and uh, it, it's harder to get uh, the skin off of the breast and stuff like that uh, with scalp and things like that. But with the puddle ducks, no, I I I find what I like to do with mine because lots of times if you're shooting and you hit them as they're coming into you, if you sit up so the wind is at your back. We haven't talked about that either, Dan. You want to have the wind at your back. Even though these teal will come zinging, 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 they'll end up coming back at the very end uh, into the wind. They want to land into the wind. And so you want to have the wind at your back or at least at your side. Okay. Um, but if you hit them and you hit them with, with a really good shot in the chest, uh, nothing hurts more than biting into a steel right, bullet, right. a baby. It, it, it really hurts, and it's tough on crowns. So uh, what I do, I take my breast, and I thinly slice it, just like I would a steak or something like that. Okay. And then I make sure that the blood is out, and I make sure that if there are any BBs in there, that the BBs are out. Okay, and then I'll put that into cold water, and I'll do then the same thing with the legs, and I'll keep them overnight. I don't like to do things uh, after the, the flesh is still warm. Okay. And so the next day is when I'll cook them, and we actually fry them, and I'll fry those thin strips, and I'll just uh, dredge them in um regular flour mm -hmm. and salt and pepper, salt and pepper and fry it and just get it brown on each side. And then I'll put it in a casserole pan and I'll put cream of mushroom soup on. Okay. And that helps, that helps to make it more uh, tender. And oh my gosh, you mix that with <laughs> good late, late tomatoes and uh, squash, buttered squash. Oh my gosh. And, 
potatoes and then you take that gravy and put over the potato. Oh my gosh, that is a feast. <laughs> and I, I don't, I do not find it to be um, gamey or uh, a bad taste or anything like that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, then- you, you know what? But, but if people have a preconceived notion it's going to be bad, it's going to be bad. Right. Absolutely. It, it just is. So then you, you match that with a Hawkeye game or a Vikings game, and you're in the money. And, and I am, except if things aren't going well, <laughs> I have to be careful that I don't throw something at the television. <laughs> that always make, makes a difference. If you can do that, if you can throw something at that TV, that'll shape them up. But we, we hope I don't have to do that this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why, you know what? Is there anything else about teal hunting that you'd uh, like to say to the listeners? You know, nothing except experience it. Right. It's not, it's not just about shooting and and bagging something it's about watching how they come in there have been times and my hunting buddies have called me dumb that i have not shot when a flock came in because i was just mesmerized by the way they're 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 moving their wings how they're dipping and diving and darting and the experience and to, to capture that and just the magnificence of them being able to do that, I think is is an awesome, awesome thing to watch the dog work. To as the birds are are flying, to watch that dog's eyes as that dog looks up, and that dog will have better eyes than us, and watch as those ducks come and go. Right. Uh, if you if you have a youngster, I can remember taking my son and a friend out for their first hunt and they were uh, 10 years old and they had their little 20 gauges, one shot. I never shot. And it was just a thrill of telling them when to shoot, telling them how to shoot. I don't do it very well, but I can tell people how to do it. And, and just capturing that moment because that's always in their mind. My son still remembers that first duck he shot. Absolutely. That's awesome. And so I think it's about it's about smelling that slew. You know, when it's 40 degrees in the morning and it's cool and it's damp, there are so many smells. I've had hay fever and allergies. That may not be so good. But if you don't, it's a wonderful smell. The sunrise, uh, the wind blowing through the, uh, the reeds, having a wren come and chew you out because you're where they're supposed to be. Uh, th- those are all things that are, that are just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Nature can do some wonderful things sometimes, can it? Yes. Yes. In, in everything. And we, we could probably talk about that, Dan, forever because you have that same love and the things that you do. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, let me be the first to wish you good luck on this uh, teal season. Hopefully uh, you get uh, the opportunity to make that casserole and watch some football with your, with your success. And uh, thanks for taking time to hop on the podcast with us today. You, you bet. And I do have to put one, one more pitch out, Dan, and I don't know whether this will go in or not, but if everybody bought a license, whether they hunt or whether they fish, if they just bought a license, our resources would be protected 
unbelievably. Absolutely. Because of the money that would come in. Absolutely. And I have some friends, they, they buy license, I buy license from my wife and, and so forth, and they never hunt or fish. But that money's going to a very special fund that takes care of all wildlife, all natural resources. And uh, we need that if we're going to be able to, to keep what we have and be able to enhance and maybe be able to purchase some more spots that uh, have not been ruralized or urbanized. And there you have Steve leaving us with some wise words about this teal season. Huge shout out to Steve, by the way, for taking time out of his schedule to hop on and talk about this uh, brand new waterfowl season. If you are a waterfowl hunter, this is a perfect opportunity for you to take advantage of uh, some more time in the marshes and swamps and in the duck blind. So, uh, hey, if, uh, if you can, go take advantage of this teal season, man, and good luck if you do. Now, if you are not subscribed to the Iowa Sportsman magazine, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is go to iowasportsman.com and register on the website online and uh, you can register to get the magazine direct to your door. And if you want to subscribe to this podcast, go and download this podcast wherever you download any other podcast that you might listen to iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. Uh, there's several other places that you can find it, or you can go where this podcast is hosted on the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, and that's sportsmensnation.com. That's with the E, sportsmensnation.com. And uh, you can find all the podcasts there as well. Keep an eye out on social media for the Iowa Sportsman Facebook page and coming soon, the Iowa Sportsman Instagram page. Other than that, guys, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy this beautiful Iowa weather, whether it's raining or shining. There's always something to do outside. Uh, Have a good day.